0: Go ahead and bow our heads as we start off in prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words that pass my lips and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in Your sight, especially this Advent and Christmas season as we anticipate Your return. So we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. The uh, words that I've anchored my message in come to us from the gospel that Vicar Wolf read a little while ago, uh, Luke chapter one, specifically these words. Elizabeth says, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting touched my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. You can be seated. I share just a little insight into the life of being a pastor, at least here at St. Lawrence. St. Um, Lawrence. I knew that I'd be preaching this weekend, and I knew this quite a while ago, so I started to prepare for this right at the first part of this month, this sermon. Came up with this neat little clever title, Finding Joy in the Midst of Life's Surprises. I had no idea how December would go around here, especially the last ten days where we've had six funerals, and this community has been rocked by some of those. The whole community has been. There's enough out there lately to to seem to want to rob the the joy. And how is it that we do have joy in the midst of life surprises? Not the good surprises. It's when life gets nasty. How do you find the joy when you're facing funerals? Or how do you find the joy when you're up and moved out of your home and you suddenly find yourself at a nursing home because you are no longer able to care for yourself? You've You've lost your independence. How do you find the joy when the words you hear from a doctor basically tell you that this illness that you've been just diagnosed with is going to be the illness that Jesus uses to call you to be with him? And so you enter into hospice care. There's a lot out there to rob our joy, isn't there? And, and isn't Christmas supposed to be a, a joy, a joy time? I mean, with the lights and the the lovely decorations and, 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 and all those shows that are on TV, oh, it's all about joy, right? You got the broken nutcracker that turns out to be a prince. This guy named Scrooge who gets the visit from Three Spirits and suddenly realizes there's more to life than bookkeeping and finances. Or this guy George that just wants to throw in the towel and just do away with it all, only to find out a little later that it's a wonderful life after all. Or if you watch the Hallmark channel, right, this time of year, there's 16 Christmas movies. They all are about two hours long and they all end the same. In the last three minutes, everything's good. (laughs) But you know what? The Bible even talks about this being a joy-filled time. Look at the way the angels, they burst out into the sky at the night and they declared this is going to be good news of great joy for you. And the shepherds, who are a little bit dazed, they go and they find this babe. And they, and they, and they too are exceedingly happy and, and joy-filled. And then wise men, some two years later, when Jesus is in a home with his family, they come and they bring gifts and they, and they worship with exceedingly great joy. So, so how do we as Christians tap into this joy? How do we recognize and have joy no matter what life throws at us and, and how nasty life is? can get, how do we plug our joy tanks from leaking? And that's what we, That's what, That's what. my hope is. I, I hope I get out of the way today. And I hope wherever you are, God's going to speak to your heart. Because right now you may be one of those ones that just a little while ago that got to be able to sing with all of your heart, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. But there may be some of you where it was more like, Rejoice, rejoice. I know you're here, but I don't really feel it. May the Bible speak to you today in such a way that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God sees what you're going through. And it starts, if you wanted to follow along and kind of that worship service outline, I'm playing in on this idea of this baby. It's six months in utero in the presence of his Lord, r- r- leaping for joy. And, and this is more than just a kick, okay? This is a baby that's just leaping for joy, absolutely excited because he is in the presence of God, who is in Mary's womb. And, and, and just this idea that we can leap for joy as well because, you see, we sometimes confuse happiness or worldly happiness For joy, and I I want to dispel that myth, joy is far different than just happiness. You see, joy recognizes that no matter what's going on, we can trust that God is always present. That's why a six-month-in-utero baby was able to leap at God's presence just from simply hearing this greeting. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the, the baby in my womb, it leaped for joy. And blessed is the one who believe that, that God is basically going to do what he said he's going to do. And there's more than just John here. Because we recognize from, from, from last week when Pastor Kaiser was talking about John the Baptist as an older man. We recognize that he even grows up and he finds himself in prison and he looks around all that he's seeing and, and, he, and he wonders, is this Jesus the one that we should be worshiping? And so he sends disciples out to him and he asks Jesus, are you the Christ? And then what does Jesus do? He says, what do you see? You see the, the blind receiving sight, the lame walking, and the dead rising again. John, I am he. I came. And that should fill our hearts. And and even King David, when he he writes a psalm, these are the words that he says. He says, the Lord is my strength. He's my shield. My my heart trusts in him. And he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. And with a song, I praise him. Now, I want to make sure you're all still awake. Okay? Find your heartbeat. Here's a clue. If you are here, you have a heartbeat. Okay? So... Easiest place right here. Find your heartbeat. You beating? Okay. You can't find one? Just do this. Breathe in. Breathe out. You breathing? I'm. I'm. Want to teach you here. Do you realize that the breath and the heartbeat that you have is a sign that God is with you? Why is that? Because God is life. And if your heart is beating, if you are breathing, you have God's presence. You see, the world doesn't recognize that even our very breath, our very heartbeat, leaps for joy in the presence of God. You see, the world wants to say to you, there is no God. And what it is going to do, eventually, the world, and those that are far from God who have hardened their heart, it'll stop beating. And they'll die. But for us, the believers in Jesus Christ, that heart beats on. It does. We beat for the living Christ, the living and risen Christ. He is dwelling right here. So if you wonder if God is with you, do this. It's a real way to know he's here because he's given you life. And he wants you to have life and have it to the full. And when this ends, in the very next moment, we are in God's presence. The very next moment, the very next blink, breath, heartbeat, we are in God's presence. So we do not need to be sullen. It's a beautiful gift that we have, and it helps plug our leak tanks, our leak when we are not feeling all that joyful. There's another thing that, that we can do as, as Christians, is, is and you've seen this many times before. We want to keep our priorities in order. We want to make sure that we're, we're looking into Jesus first and then helping others and then ourselves. It's, it's based in Scripture. You have it right here in Matthew 22, the, the greatest commandments. Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. You notice it starts with the Lord. Jesus first. The very next verse, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor. Neighbors and others are second. As yourself, yourself is third. We get that out of whack. We get those out of order our life tends to fall apart around our ears. Just think about how many times you've gone through life and you recognize, wow, I'm, I haven't really leaned into Jesus in a while. And you wonder how things are going. And then when you repent and you plug back in, you, you recognize, okay, I can lean into him some more. I'll give you an, an example. As I was getting into ministry uh, right around 2007, 2008, there was a, an article in the US News and World Report, it was titled Faith Factor. And what it was doing is it was taking a look at uh, how faith actually impacts people in their life and how it can make the difference. And it looked at a particular ministry down in Detroit called Joy in Jesus Ministry. And this ministry was doing some great things. It was a social ministry where they were gathering people together, teaching them how to write resumes, placing people in jobs. They had a 60% success rate. A lot of things were happening. Good things were happening down there. And then some Michigan officials heard about it, and they were interested in this success. And so they went and talked to them. And they, they offered to help with one caveat. You see, this ministry was doing Bible study and prayer as well. And I said, we'll, we'll give you some financial help, but we have to have you stop the Bible study and the prayer. And, and reluctantly, the leadership did, because it was a windfall of money for them. And, it, and you know what happened? You take Jesus out of this particular ministry, you take Jesus out of our life, and, and it falls apart. Their success rate started to plummet. They were not having people even show up anymore. There wasn't any more job placements going on. It, what happened? Leadership took a look and they recognized we've taken Jesus out. They put prayer back in. They put Bible study back in. And they are still strong and active and impacting lives down in Detroit today. Joy in Jesus' ministry. Look it up for yourself. What am I getting at? We take Jesus out of the equation. There is no joy. See, worldly happiness and joy are far different. We need Jesus in order to have joy and have life and have it to the full. And so we keep our, our priorities in order. Get them out of whack. And life isn't the same the next thing we can do and this is the the last talking point that i have is we can rejoice that no matter what life brings god is our god is our savior you see mary recognized this when she was being greeted by elizabeth and she was broke out into song and she says my my soul glorifies the lord and my spirit rejoices in god the savior Then we have one of the disciples after Jesus rose and ascended to be with his father in heaven. We have Peter saying this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy. He's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him, and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. It's beyond words, and it's filled with glory. All right, just a little bit of fun with you right here. Any of you spend some time over in Chuck E. Cheese? Folks, you need to live a little, all right? (laughs) I mean, it's okay to go out and have a, a time with family in an arcade, right? When, so there are places like Chuck E. Cheese, and, and sometimes they have these, these games. And this, I remember as a kid, it was a mechanical game called Whack-A-Mole or, or Whack-An-Alligator, right? And so the idea is, is you have this stick, it's got this nice foam pad on it, and every time uh, a little mole or an alligator comes up, what do you do? You whack it, back, right? And then it gets faster, and more pop up. It's like, whack, whack. <laughs> it's stress relief. You should really do this. right? And then, <laughs> then it gets to the point where you get overwhelmed. You're like, whack, whack, whack. And all of a sudden you hear the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Game over. It's rigged. There's no way you're going to win. Because there's too many. You can't, you can't do it. You can bring in other people to help you out, and it's your, you're just not going to win. You will not conquer it. There are things in this life that you will not conquer. There are problems that pop up. And if and you ever noticed it's never just one problem. It's always like them all at once and you get overwhelmed. And then you have this thing like death. And, and we try and whack at it. We try and push back at it with medicines and, and vitamins and, 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 and prayers. I'll be a good person. But it doesn't help. You see, we can't whack at it with good works or worldly medicines. We need something that's not just going to whack at death, but destroy it. And that's what Jesus did. Right from that, those verses from 1 Peter. Right, He's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the hope that we have. This gives us joy. This is the reason why Jesus came. This is the reason why in the next couple of days we are going to gather right back here and celebrate Christ Emmanuel, God with us. We're going to have an opportunity to spread that joy and rejoice and have it to the full. And I know that right now we have a handful of, of visitors, and, and I am grateful for that. And I have a message for you as well as for us as a community of believers. You are the diehards because you are here when there's going to be church tomorrow and in two more days, right? And many of you will go back to church, even though that you were just here. But some choose to only go every so often. But you are the diehards. You are the ones that can carry hope and light and love. The message of Christ, regardless of life circumstances, you have an opportunity to be joy-filled because of what Jesus has done for you. And so that's why you're here today. You gather, you're encouraged, you're strengthened in the living hope that we have through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right.